Hello and welcome to a season finale on the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your favorite weekly podcast covering the mystical goings-on in Mystic Falls, Virginia, which unfortunately sometimes include fake-out deaths and police brutality. My name's Claire. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Beth, and we are here to discuss the epic season two finale, As I Lay Dying. I know I say this all the time, but oh shit, and this was my favorite episode of the series so far. <laughs> and wow. like last week, it has a very uh, highfalutin literary title. It does. Who do these writers think they are? I don't know. Faulkner the Saint. I know. <laughs> That's for damn sure. Although we did get some southern uh, fever flashbacks, which is kind of like Faulkner, so... Sure. Yeah. And there were people who lay dying. This is true. So They're taking it on its word. It's a literal <laughs> title this time. <laughs> uh, so somebody at the beginning of the episode is laying but not dying. It's Jeremy. Yep. So Jeremy's sleeping and Elena's creeping. He's mm-hmm. laying there. He's got his like armpit up and he's wearing a tank top. And like a gray tank. Yeah. And he's like totally hairless. <laughs> As all men on screen generally are. Oh, I guess it just bothered me extra because it's Jeremy. I mean, everything is worse when it's Jeremy. Yeah. It was like a very obviously fake sleeping pose. Yeah. Like he had his arm thrown over his head like he was a Calvin Klein model or something. Yeah, and he was like doing a little smile. Ugh. I don't think he would wear or anybody would wear that tank top to bed. It didn't seem really comfortable. No, it seemed like it was probably itchy and it was also way too tight. It was like three sizes too small. It was Elena's tank top that he borrowed. But on the other hand, the more likely scenario is that he sleeps shirtless and we were not forced to see that. Uh, So I I feel blessed. Yeah, I guess we got to take the uh, blessings where we can get them when it comes to Jeremy. This is very important for us to spend an entire minute on what Jeremy (laughs) wore to bed and how he was sleeping. (laughs) Hey, we have to use our time wisely. It's uh, the last episode of the season. These are the pajama diaries. (laughs) But yeah, while he's laying there pretending to sleep, Elena's just standing in the room and staring at him. And lamenting about all of the loss that they have faced. And it's quite a lot. It is. So she takes a grand tour of the upstairs and looks in Aunt Jenna's room and she gets all sad. And it's a little sad and she shuts the door. And when she turns around, fucking Damon is creeping right behind Elena. It's just a total creep fest going on in this house. Yeah. Creeping on the creeper. Yep. And it's also a classic Salvatore move. So even though he's werewolf poisoned, he's still... The usual tricks of popping up immediately behind people. Yeah, I feel like she's not even phased by it anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's just every day to her. I know. So Damon's like, hey, Elena, sorry to bother, but I just came here because I really, really need to apologize to you. So we know he's talking about the fact that he turned her into a potential vampire against her will and had Father John, Uncle Guy, not sacrificed his life for her. She would be a vampire right now. I mean, I call that two birds, one stone, because he got rid of the vampire threat for Elena, and she got rid of Uncle John Gilbert. Right. That's true. (laughs) But (laughs) Elena's, understandably, is still very pissed at him. I would be, too, if I was in her shoes. I'm trying to think of, like, a real-world equivalent, and the only thing I can think of is roofing. But yeah, he's like, I know that what I did was wrong. I know I don't deserve your forgiveness, but I need it. 
and he's a little bit manic because, you know, he's dying mm-hmm. as he lays dying. And Elena's just like, listen, Damon, I just need some time, maybe a lot of time. Yeah. And then Damon is like, all right, it's finally my turn to be the martyr. All these people have been having their go this season, but now it's me. So he's like, take all the time you need. I understand. And he leaves thinking he's never going to see her again. Wow. So powerful. Yeah. Totes. (laughs) He's such a Stefan. Right. Yeah. He's that's a total Stefan move for sure. Um, but he quickly goes back to his old ways when he arrives at the Salvatore Manor and immediately pours himself a very large glass of whiskey. Yeah, and he, like, goes hunting through the cabinet for the best stuff so you know something's about to happen. Right, yeah, he was, like, smiling in, smiling at it, and it was this old-ass dusty bottle. I'm like, get a fucking maid. You guys have been alive forever. <laughs> you don't have enough money to pay someone to clean that dusty house. How do they know which one is the fanciest if it's not covered in dust? Uh, good point, good point. So yeah, he's drinking the good stuff, and he throws open the curtains and stands in a sunbeam. I'm like, okay, you just like wanted to get a tan before you died? I mean, I'm not going to discourage you, you're looking kind of pasty. <laughs> but then he takes his ring off very dramatically and starts burning in the sun, because he's decided he would rather take his own life than go through what Rose went through. Wow. Which also is understandable. Shit got fucked up for Rose. She went on a murder spree that she felt horrible about and mm-hmm. was hallucinating. And, you know, he knows he's going to die anyway, so he may as well go out on his own terms. But womp womp. <laughs> Guess who zooms in to save the day, quote unquote. It was Stefan. Spoiler alert. It was Stefan. <laughs> he tackles no Damon there. to the ground and then, like, throws him against walls, like alternating walls while yelling things like, don't do it, I'm going to help you, blah, 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 and to eventually get him down to the dungeon, wall to wall. Yeah. Wall. <laughs> yeah, he throws him right in the dungeon where so many people have sat before, like Elijah, like Uncle Zach. He just locks him in that little and room. Stephen. And Stefan. And <laughs> Stefan. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he's like, I'm looking for a cure. I'm not going to let you die. And Damon's like, you're full of shit. There's no cure. I already asked one werewolf one time, and she said no. And she couldn't have been lying. It's not like she hated me. (laughs) I know. So then Damon starts just, like, puking up blood into his hand, Mm -hmm. and you know that shit is going south. Yeah. So he's locked down there for his own good, I guess. And Stefan's going to go out and try to... Find out how to fix this situation. <laughs> out in the woods, Klaus is just waking up naked in the grass. Yeah, he like literally looks like a little cherub. His hair is all <laughs> curly. He's got like a little mud smear on his face. He's all tan. He's got his red lips. Mm-hmm. His lips are always very red. It is not a lip color that occurs in nature. <laughs> it's because he's this magical, mystical tr- creature now. Yeah. So the implication is he's just turned back into a human after uh, running around as a werewolf. And apparently Elijah has just been following him around for what he reveals has been two days because Klaus, as a hybrid, can change whenever he wants and for as long as he wants. It doesn't have to be the full moon. Wow. And Klaus went on a wolf murder spree. Elijah's been, like, cleaning up the corpses behind him, all because he needs Klaus to keep up his end of the bargain and tell him where his family members are. 
And, you know, he's like, Klaus, you gave me your word. You got to tell me where they are. This is Klaus for talking about why would you think his word is worth anything. Right. I was so shocked that Elijah fell for this dirty trick because... What an idiot. Yeah, because Klaus is not giving up the details. He says something, like, super vague, like, you know, I'll tell you in due time or something super vague. Yeah. He's like, chill, bro. We'll get to it. And then Elijah's like, I kind of had the opportunity to, to kill you, you know? And he's like, well, nobody can kill me now, not even you, so suck on that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yep. And in this scene, I noticed something that I've noticed a couple times before, but never pointed out, is that Klaus says Elijah really weird. He always Elijah? says He always says Elijah. Oh, <laughs> I never noticed that. Yeah, it weirds me out. Klaus's accent is weird in general. Yeah, the actor is just British. Oh, okay. I just don't understand why he has a different British accent than Elijah has. Well, I mean, I know there are different British accents, but they're brothers. I think Elijah doesn't even really have a British accent per se. He just sounds fancy. Maybe but I like think it's a British accent. <laughs> maybe Klaus was hanging out in the UK for a thousand years, and Elijah was elsewhere oh. for a long time, and they developed the accent. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It's because they probably introduced Elijah with his weird, vaguely Eastern European accent before they really knew what they were going to do with Klaus, or maybe <laughs> right. before they cast Klaus. <laughs> oh, so, so true. There is a reason, and it might just be that nobody did a very good job of planning. Right, nobody cared about continuity of the family accent. Yeah, if you really are into continuity, this is not the show for you. No, absolutely not. (laughs) So anyway, we go over to the Mystic Grill where Alaric is day drunk at the bar. He like grabs the bottle that the bartender's like pouring his drink from and is like, shh, and just takes the whole thing. And she lets him. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that shit could get you shut down. Yeah, that is not hygienic and or legal, but I hope she charges him like triple for that. I know. And Alaric is hitting the bottle hard. It's like 12 p.m. and he has the booze sweats already. You might say that he is tiptoeing at the edge of alarcoholism oh nice i like it yes absolutely but dude has been through a rough time yeah he's pissed and sad and pissed in the british sense pissed he gets interrupted in his pity party by his phone ringing and it's stefan and alaric's like fuck off i'm mad at you for not letting me come with to the sacrifice maybe i could have saved aunt jenna blah 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 but then Stefan's like, listen, Damon got bit by a werewolf when he's dying. Can you help me? And Alaric's like, oh my god, yes, I'm coming. Yeah, he's like, tell me what I need to do. He was there for it. He was like suddenly sober. Yeah. <laughs> All of the booze had escaped through his forehead. That's the power of love, man. Love can evaporate alcohol. <laughs> so meanwhile, like right outside the grill, there is this magical event going on in the town square which appears to be a screening for the whole town of Gone with the Wind. And they have this like really fancy marquee set up to, I guess marquee isn't the right word. It's like an outdoor screen, but it has like pillars on the sides. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's like an independent um, like gazebo for a banner or something. Yeah. I don't even know. It was very fancy. And there are ladies in floofy dresses. And I'm like, I didn't know that Gone with the Wind cosplay was a thing. But apparently it is in Mystic Falls. Yeah. I mean, they don't have a lot of other stuff going on, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not, like, murders on the regular. Right. If you're going to get murder, you might as well be wearing a Scarlett O'Hara costume. So here's one of my favorite, by which I mean least favorite moments. Uh, Jeremy, unfortunately, is awake now, and Elena's, like, basically dragging him to the town square. He says, you brought me to see a girl movie? I mean, here's a valid complaint. You took me to see a three-hour-long movie? (laughs) Yes. yeah, I'd be pissed. But anyway, I hate Jeremy. He sucks. Yeah. This is not news. Then Elena's like, listen, this is three hours of respite from our emotions. Like, we have to keep going on with our lives. And one day it won't suck so much. It's simple, but I thought that it was kind of nice that Elena did that for Jeremy. Yeah. She's like, we'll just keep going through the motions. And, you know, someday it's not going to be as hard. And, like, she has to be the mom now because everybody else is literally dead. <sighs> right. That sucks. Yeah, I would not want to be fucking Jeremy Gilbert's parents. But as you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Elena owns two houses now. (laughs) Right, so at least she has that going for her. (laughs) She has some resources at her disposal. I hope all this shit is paid off. At least the Salvatores is. We hope. I mean, it's their ancestral property. Elena and Jeremy settle into a nice spot on the lawn, and then Caroline comes up. Man, this girl is just awesome. She Mm -hmm. has, like, two giant picnic baskets. She's brought all of the snacks, and she's, like, super pumped to be there. And she's like, hey, guys, what's up? Why aren't you, like, super into this? And they're kind of like, well, everything sucks. Like, everyone's dead. (laughs) And Caroline's like, no. We are just, like, gone with the wind. We've been through a war. Everything was super hard, but we persevered. We're through it. It's time for us to, like, get back to normal. And it was just really cute. She's the best. Yeah, she's giving a pep talk. She's like, my mom knows I'm a vampire, so that sucks. But you know what? We're going to fucking watch this movie. Mm -hmm. She's always optimistic, even though everything terrible happens to her. I know. She is such an inspo. Indeed. She's like the opposite of me. (laughs) No. If anybody in my family got killed and somebody tried to make me watch a movie, let alone Gone with the Wind, I would be like, fuck you. And then I'd burrow under a hundred blankets and only stick out my hands to give the middle finger. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think I would act similarly. So yes, Caroline is is a better person than I am, probably, but that's okay. I feel honored to stand in her shadow. (laughs) So we leave those guys to their movie for a little bit, and we hop over to the witch house where Bonnie is in the basement pouring over a bunch of literature. And I'm like, didn't Bonnie just get out of this damn house? But sure enough, she's back there right again, because Stefan has sent her on what seems to be a fool's errand to figure out if there's anything that she can find to reverse Damon's werewolf bite. Yeah, Stefan's big plan here is to get Bonnie to channel the power of a hundred witches to (laughs) ask her dead ancestors if there's a cure to werewolf bites so that somebody that they hate so much that they made their house inhospitable for him can be cured. It's like they hated Damon so hard that they pranked him from beyond the grave Mm -hmm. But sure, they'll probably want to help. 
Right. And, like, Stefan is driving this whole thing. So Bonnie's like, all right, like, I'll see what I can do, but I don't know, you know, if they'll have anything to share. So Bonnie starts channeling and all of the candles are, like, going up in high flames and everything in the background and shit's getting real. And Stefan's just, like, interrupting her (laughs) multiple times. He's like, he's like, Bonnie. Bonnie, Bonnie, (laughs) while she's trying to fucking focus, we're like, shut up. You just asked her to do this. Like, let her be. It's like, hurry up, Bonnie. (laughs) This is taking more than two seconds. Where's Elena? (laughs) But then the second time he says, Bonnie, she says, no, Emily. (gasps) Wow. And I noticed that Bianca Lawson, who played Emily in flashbacks, got a credit in this episode. So I'm pretty sure that it's her doing the voice and uh, Kat Graham is just lip syncing. Wow, they did a really good job. Yeah. See, I thought that she just had like a really good other voice that she could do. So that's impressive. I mean, I'm assuming that's what happened since her name was in the credits. Yeah. But yeah, Emily has a higher pitched voice than Bonnie for sure. Mm-hmm. But she's basically like, bitch, please. I will not help. Maybe it's his time to die. And then Stefan's all like, help me save my brother. And then <laughs> suddenly... Bonnie starts screaming in pain. She's like, the witches don't want us here anymore. They're mad that we came back and asked for this bullshit. They think I'm abusing my power. You are. Stop listening to Stefan. You, like, just used almost all their power a day and a half ago. Right. Like, take a break. Give them time to refuel or whatever a hundred dead witches need to do. Have a really long nap. Yeah. Drink a beer. I wonder if beer tastes better in the afterlife. I bet. I bet beer tastes better if you're surrounded by 99 other witches. Uh, yeah, so they have to get the hell out of there because the witches are mad and they could probably kill both of them even though they're dead. <laughs> so then we go to actually one of my favorite scenes. Yes, this was the best scene. You tell it because I, I didn't take good enough notes because I was enjoying it too much. So Mayor Carol Lockwood goes storming into the police station with her arm in the sling from her terrible fall down a whole flight of stairs in at once and she's like what's what the fuck is up sheriff forbes how are the vampires and sheriff forbes is like oh you know there have been some developments i'm working on it and mary carol lockwood is like are you (laughs) i don't think you are i think that shit is still shit and you're not doing anything and if you don't get your shit in shape I'm going to replace your ass. I'm like, with who? Uh, yeah, right? Like, Who is left? Animal control? Who's alive and who knows a, this much about the fucking town? Are there any other grown-ups left in Mystic Falls? No. Alaric. Uh, yeah, great. He's day drunk. <laughs> oh, my God. So Sheriff Forbes is very mad. Mayor Carol Lockwood is everyone's boss when they're having a bad day. <laughs> yeah. She's just pissed off because I guess there were some more recent murders. Although, do people know that Aunt Jenna and Uncle John died? I don't think so because they gave him that secret burial. Yeah. But how can you keep it secret? I don't know. Yeah, that is a good question. Suddenly, there's no parents in the Gilbert house. I guess we're not going to worry about that right now. So Sheriff Forbes is now feeling like she has to do something. She's been treading water, trying to decide how much she wants to murder her daughter, but now Mm -hmm. she's like, fine, I'll get my shit together. Carol Lockwood lit the fire under Sheriff Forbes' ass. She sure did. Yep. And I think that's the only scene with Mary Carol Lockwood, and she really made it count. (laughs) She did. She's like, season finale, I'm gonna give it my all. (laughs) 
Oh man, and I, I don't believe Tyler was in this episode. Now I that we're know. talking about and her, and he's like hanging around yeah. too, isn't he? He was probably resting at home after his very trying day. He had like the least trying day out of all of them. But yeah, he's Tyler. It wouldn't surprise me that he's like, oh, I've been through a lot. <laughs> My friend Jules died. <laughs> then I think we go to Stefan, who crashes the party in the town square, and he's like, Elena, we have to talk. She's like, no, I just want to have this normal thing. Right now, we can deal with all the other bullshit later. But he's like, no, it's Damon. He got bit. And this part was ridiculous because Elena was like, oh my god, he came over to the house and he was trying to apologize to me and I practically slammed the door in his face. Like, Elena was very nice. She's just like, I need some time. So to Elena, not hugging him and telling him everything is okay in that moment was the equivalent of slamming the door in his face. I know. I thought the same thing. I was like, girl, you were very polite, way more than I would have been if yeah. someone had decided my entire future in a selfish fit. Oh my goodness. Also, fuck Stefan for like taking away the one normal thing that Elaine is trying to do. Yeah, and also Damon told Stefan not to tell Elena about it, so he's going against Damon's wishes and locking him in the dungeon and keeping him from killing himself, going against Damon's wishes and telling Elena. And why does Elena have to know so that she can be put in the awkward position of having to forgive him when she's not ready to? Exactly. Like, I guess she would be mad if he had died and she hadn't known, but Stefan's trying to find a cure, and Elena's not supposed to be helping with this. And I think he, like, tells her to go... Oh, he tells her that she needs to go talk to Damon and give him hope. Yeah. And I'm my question here is, is he telling Elena to go to Damon and pretend like she might be into him? Oh, see, I didn't interpret it like that. I thought that he meant, like, hope for his life. Um, but that's... It's like, what would make Damon want to try to live? Oh. Is, like, the possibility of one day seeing Elena's vagina. Wow, that's true. And seeing if it's identical to Catherine's, <laughs> which is now a question I'm wondering about. I bet it is. Doppelgangers are doppelgangers. Doppelginas. <laughs> oh my god, can that be our band name? No. Why? It's too disgusting. <laughs> it is disgusting. Listeners, uh, let us know if you think that Catherine and Elena are identical down to the last pew. These are the deep questions. They are. So I'm very annoyed with Stefan in this moment. Like, everything he does in this episode is motivated by his desire to save Damon's life. And at some point he says it's because he feels he owes him for making him turn into a vampire. But I think that's also kind of a cover for, like, I love my brother and I don't want him to die. Yeah. So you can sympathize with him to an extent, but he's also being a real Stefan about it. He is. He, like, always needs a fucking cause. He can't just, like, let anything play out how it should go. He always gotta insert himself. And is it at this point when he explains that he needs to find Klaus for the cure? Oh, right, because when they were in the witch basement... Bonnie was like, but I heard them saying a name. Oh. Klaus. Oh, right. Okay. So was it like one of the witches in the back was like, don't tell that bitch about Klaus. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what it was. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so now he's like, I have to go find Klaus to find out what he knows about the cure. And Elena's like, um, excuse me, he'll kill you. Right. And then Stefan's all like, oh, he needed something from me. So I'm very important. He's not going to kill me. Which, you know, there was a little teaser last week of Klaus saying he had other plans for Stefan. And those other plans could be, like, 
another ritual sacrifice for something else. Yeah. Like to get rid of an ancient yeast infection or something. Can men get yeast infections? I think they can and, in like, their, their mouths. Oh, in their mouths. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Maybe their butts, too. Wouldn't surprise me. So, yes, that is the plan. He's going to go find Klaus. And Elena's not really happy about it, but she also, you know, is a total martyr. So she's going to go running toward the possibly hallucinating violent vampire so she can say nice things to him while he's dying. For someone who has been trying to save Elena for so long, Stefan's really fucking stupid to send Elena into a hallucinating vampire den. He's not the first one to do that, because back in the day, Damon did the same thing, having her take care of Rose. Right. Granted, he didn't know exactly what was going to happen with Rose, so I can give him a little leeway there. Yeah. But sick vampire is probably not, like, the best scenario. Agreed. Anyway, speaking of sick vampires, Damon is in the dungeon and he starts hallucinating that it's 1864 and he's spying on Catherine getting undressed. Lovely. And it's like, man, times don't change souls, I guess. (laughs) Nope, he's always been the same creep. So Catherine 1864 is like, Mr. Salvatore. It's rude to spy on a woman when she's changing her corset. Sorry, I just did. I just tried to do so many different accents, and all of them were wrong. It was and, beautiful. And blended into something horrible. I loved it. So then Catherine invites Damon into the room to help her string up her corset or unstring her corset or whatever. My corset is knotted. Could yes. you help? <laughs> See, that's what I was trying to do. So Damon goes in, and in his fever dream, he turns around, and then Elena is, like, standing behind them. So Elena and Catherine are in the same room, and Elena's all like, she never loved you or some shit. I don't know. What does she say? I don't remember. I went to wash my hands at that scene. Right. So Elena's appearing, and she's, like, (laughs) saying what Catherine is telling Damon isn't true, and Catherine's all like, when you go to war, make sure you come back and take care of me or some bullshit. And he really grossly says, oh, I think Stefan's gonna, you know, be able to take care of that for me. Oh, yeah, that was really weird. It's like, you don't feel at all awkward about that. Get it together, Damon. I know that polyamory is a thing, but when it's your brother... You have to draw the line somewhere. I guess after you've been alive for so long, things start to change. But this was before they were even vampires, so I don't even know. It was strange, and I didn't like it. Me neither. So that fever dream ends, and we get a shot of Stefan heading over to Alaric's place, where, surprise, Catherine is still there. I, like, totally forgot about her. Yeah, and I was really wrong when I said a couple episodes ago that she was allowed to leave because Klaus said to give them a minute. Oh, that's okay. I regret my false statements. Punish me as you see fit. At least you can remember the characters' names, so you're already 20 steps ahead of me. I know I don't deserve your forgiveness, but I need it. (laughs) I just need more time. Stefan goes in, and he's like, Catherine, I need to see Klaus. And she's like, what the fuck? I've been waiting. Isn't he dead? Why can't I get out of this apartment? (laughs) This shitty apartment. Alaric's acoustic guitar is sitting there giving me visions of him trying to jam. (laughs) It's worse than hell. I can't stop thinking about Wonderwall. (laughs) I think Alaric, if he were to jam on his guitar, would probably, like, try to be Jack Johnson or something. Ew, he would. He would. But he'd land closer to Jason Mraz. (laughs) I like Alaric, but judging by his decor... He leaves something to be desired. 
So Stefan starts to ask if she knows where Klaus is. And she slams him against the wall and is like, shush, because Klaus is just coming home. Because apparently he's still living at Alaric for some reason. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> and I guess that explains why Alaric is just wandering around town this episode. Wouldn't he at least go back to his apartment or would he be too sad? I don't know. I feel like they don't know that whether Klaus has left town yet, so there might still be a chance that he's there and he probably doesn't want to run into him. Right. He also is just getting crunk and being sad. Fair enough. We each grieve in our own ways. Yes. And I wouldn't want to go back to that apartment if I lived there either because it's ugly. Very true. So then things start to escalate pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So I think Elijah starts trying to bring up... Um, finding his dead siblings and parents again. Yeah, because Stefan's like, Klaus, I need your help for my brother. And Elijah's Elijah's like, excuse me, my brother needs to tell me about my other siblings. Right. Get in line. (laughs) Yeah, like, we all have brother problems here. Um, And Klaus just, like, fucking stabs Elijah with the with some sort of dagger. I don't know if it was the dagger that he was stabbed with previously. He says, I'm keeping my promise. I'm reuniting you with our family. Wow. (laughs) Because they're all daggered as well. What a dick move. Yeah. But at least he was like all wordplay about it. (laughs) Yeah. How Damon of him. (laughs) Right. So I was really sad to see that because Elijah tried to be a man of his word and now he's just stabbed again, turning I mean, on Gray. He kind of fucking deserves it after what he did. I know. I love Elijah and I've always had to see his handsome face go gray and veiny. And I also totally forgot that that happened in this episode. Right. <laughs> but I mean, what kind of idiot is he? I know he loves his family, but how could he believe that Klaus was telling the truth? I don't know. Maybe it was like the only thing he had to live for. I don't know why I'm being an Elijah apologist. Because he's beautiful. He is. But he turns gray real fast. Um, and then Klaus turns his attention over to Stefan, who he also stabs. And he's like, listen, this knife is very close to your heart. I know you can feel it in there. Don't make a wrong move. Mm-hmm. And Stefan's all like, listen, give me the cure for a werewolf bite for my brother so I can save his life and I will do whatever you want. Which is a bold thing to say to a super evil vampire werewolf hybrid. <laughs> but Klaus is like, actually, you're pretty much useless to me as you are now. There's a little bit of a cliffhanger for a minute because we have to go over to the dungeon where Alaric has showed up with a nice little crystal tumbler and some whiskey for Damon. Right. What a good bro. He's like, hey, Damon, that looks pretty bad. Here, I brought you a drink. And he hands him like a whiskey through the little dungeon door. Mm -hmm. And Damon like pretty much downs it. And then they start having their cute back and forth banter. Damon's getting all sincere and, like, settling all his loose ends. Mm -hmm. That was not the phrase. But (laughs) he apologizes for Aunt Jenna because it was kind of technically his fault because he rescued Tyler and Caroline. So a new vampire was needed. And Alaric says, I don't blame you for Jenna. (laughs) So Damon's like, oh, well, what about me turning your wife into a vampire? You gotta be mad about that one. Oh, my God. (laughs) That was hilarious. 
I like had already forgotten about that. <laughs> Me too. It's like impossible to keep track of all the shit that all of these people do. Especially when Alaric is involved. His life is the most ridiculous out of all of them. He's like at the center of all of these very complicated strands. Right. Uh, that's what an Aztec curse will get you. And then Alaric says, neither one of us is drunk enough for this conversation. <laughs> Damon immediately proves that that's true by reaching through the bars and starting to choke Alaric. And he's like, just kill me, please kill me. <laughs> and Alaric's like, screw you. And then he stabs Damon's hand with a little tiny dagger. I'm like, oh my God, that was It's really a Vervain uh, syringe, I think. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. I thought it was a tiny dagger. Okay. Damon collapses after that. Oh yeah. I thought he was just weak from <laughs> spending all of his efforts on choking Alaric. So that was pretty slick. I'm glad that Alaric still has weapons on him at all times. But then Damon oh is God. like, wait, Elena? As he's like fainting. Because he can hear like the specific tread of the tires of Elena's car pulling into the driveway of the Salvatore boarding house. Yeah, and I think Alaric's all like, Elena's not here, but then we cut to the front of the house where Elena has exited her car and she's kind of looking around and she walks into the house. Or no, she tries to walk into the house, <laughs> but who meets her before she can get in? Sheriff motherfucking Forbes. Oh my god, she like kidnaps Elena. She puts her hand over her mouth and like carts her away. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she has a couple of goons with her. <laughs> I was about to call them minions, but goons is, <laughs> is even better. Yeah, so we're like, what the hell, Sheriff Forbes? Why are you kidnapping Elena? Oh, it's probably because... Mayor Carol Lockwood came and yelled at you earlier today, and now you got something to prove. Yeah, so her plan is that she's going to take this all out on Damon, and I think it's because she feels the most personally offended by Damon being a vampire since they were buddies. Right. It's like, her daughter is one thing, but her friend Damon, that's real betrayal. (laughs) I know. Oh, my God. So she's like, Elena, take me to Damon. Where is he? And Alaric's there as they're looking through the downstairs. He's like, you really don't want to go in there right now. Like, you really don't. Yeah. But they just push past. And stupid fucking sheriff looks in the bars of the dungeon, sees Damon passed out on the ground and doesn't think, like, hmm, it's weird that, like, Damon is locked in a dungeon. I wonder why that might be and if it might be for everybody's safety. I'm just going to go in here real quick. And, of course, he immediately zooms and slams her against the wall and escapes. Yeah, and her body's, like, lying limp on the dungeon floor. Yeah, he's like, hey, Liz, smash. (laughs) That was a perfect impression. Hey, Lars. (laughs) (laughs) This episode was very action-packed. It was. I thought I remembered everything that happened in it, Uh but as we were watching, I was like, oh, right. (laughs) Elijah gets stabbed. Damon smashes Sheriff Forbes, (laughs) etc. Oh my god, I shouldn't be so giddy about this happening, but Sheriff Forbes, like, needs a life coach or something. She's not doing well. Or, like, a performance review. (laughs) From Mayor Carol Lockwood? That's her boss, right? Isn't there some kind of, like, regional police chief who's, like, in charge of the sheriffs? I don't know how this works. I don't know. Oh my god. It's not the Wild West. (laughs) It feels like it. Uh, They're probably all dead. But anyway, now Damon is free because Sheriff Forbes is an idiot. Rather than just like talking to her daughter, decided to go all tough cop Mm -hmm. on extremely strong and ruthless supernatural creatures. So then Alaric takes it upon himself to give Jeremy a quick ring and he's like, (laughs) 
listen, Jeremy, find Elena. Damon has gone missing. So now not even Jeremy can enjoy this fucking movie. Yeah. I thought it was really funny when Jeremy's phone rings. Who is with him at that point? Is it just Caroline? Caroline. Or is Bonnie there then? Oh, I think Bonnie might be there too. So Bonnie and Caroline both look at him like, are you really going to talk on the phone during the movie? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you're right. Shut up, Jeremy. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he's like, oh, fuck. That's not good. I think that's just like a quick scene. Yeah, just to get Jeremy on the move. Yeah, so he's going to go and try to help. Oh, is this where he like yells at Bonnie? Oh, I'm not sure if that's now or in a little while. It could be now. I think it is because Bonnie is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing? You should leave it to the vampire and the witch here. Oh, yeah. And Jeremy's like, I can't just sit around here and do nothing like last time. I'm going to find my sister because she's in danger. Blah, 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 blah. Just try and stop I'm me. I'm Jeremy. You can't stop me. She oh totally God. could. She could. And she should, but she, she doesn't. She harnessed the power of a hundred witches. Is this nothing to him? Ugh. She could just make lightning strike his head. She's good with the elements. <laughs> she is. So good. Ways that I wish that Bonnie would kill Jeremy. Oh, my Let's God. Start a list. Let's that that can be our new Tumblr. <laughs> so I think then we go back to Alaric's where Klaus is telling a strange little tale to Stefan. Yeah. So he's like, once upon a time, there was this crazy vampire who was like getting crunk and then being sober and then getting crunker and then being more sober. But when he was crunk, he was the crunkest. And I thought he was swell. That's the kind of guy that I could use around. He did something fucked up in Monterey. Do you know who I'm talking about? (laughs) That was so perfect. That's exactly what he said. And Stefan's like, I'm not that kind of girl anymore. Mm -hmm. He's like, I was one day, but I'm a reformed vampire. And then Klaus pulls out the big guns. He's like, hey, Catherine, come here for a second. I don't know why he's not British anymore. Um, and he just takes Catherine's hand and bites it and Catherine is like fuck and at first I was like why does she care oh right because Klaus is a werewolf werewolf now now. yeah and she's like he just killed me all this time running and fucking everybody over and now I'm gonna fucking die this is bullshit Mm -hmm. but then Klaus bites his own wrist and feeds it to Catherine and her wound heals for reals. Wow. So this is where we realize that Klaus's blood is the antidote. Antidote. Anecdote? Nope. Antidote. Antidote. Thank you, guys. What he was just telling was an anecdote. <laughs> guys, it's been a long week. I'm sorry. Um, it's the antidote to the werewolf bite. Yes. And so now Stefan knows that there is a chance. Wow. Stefan knew that there was some way. Yeah. And Klaus is basically like... I would like to go on a 10-year bender. <laughs> I know, it's so weird. Yeah, this whole thing with Klaus in this episode is very strange, but we'll, basically he's a Stefan fanboy. Yeah. He's like, I loved when you were a ripper. <sighs> and so, speaking of people who are weird, Sheriff Forbes is trying to be all tough. She is, yes. So, Sheriff Forbes has taken Elena to what I assume is the police station. I don't yeah. even know. And she's. Yeah, I think it's like her office where the mayor was yelling at her earlier. <laughs> oh, yes. So, <laughs> Sheriff Forbes was like, Listen, Elena, you need to tell me what's going on. You know what Damon and the rest of them are. They're murderers. And she's really judgmental. She's like, why do you care what happens to them? I know. They're disgusting monsters. 
Yeah. And Elena's like, bitch, you are wrong. Damon is sick. You don't want to go near him right now. We got, you got to let me come with you and help because she has a death wish. She totally does. <laughs> but Sheriff Rose is like, no, fuck you. I'm leaving. At this point or somewhere in here, Klaus is wandering around, not Klaus, Damon. <laughs> I haven't done that one before. <laughs> Damon one. is wandering around the town square and he's getting real confused because there's all those Gone with the Wind cosplayers who are LARPing around in their gowns and he hallucinates Catherine in a very similar gown. Yes. And he runs into Jeremy Gilbert and Jeremy's like, whoa, Damon, take it easy. Let's go. And he like supports him over his shoulders. And I'm like, I think this is where I just started chanting, kill Jeremy, kill Jeremy. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Yeah, so I think that um, Jeremy's trying to get Damon out of the crowd, and he goes into the Mystic Grill. Like, good call. Nobody's ever at the Mystic Grill. All the chairs were up. I was like, where's fucking Matt Donovan? They're probably catering this movie (laughs) experience. Probably. Yeah, where was Matt? I don't know. With Tyler, probably. Oh, yeah, they're off making out somewhere. So, yeah, Jeremy brings Damon to the grill, and Sheriff Forbes comes in and starts pointing her gun. They're like, oh, fuck. And she shoots at Damon, but Damon just fucking zooms away from the bullet. And oh my god, it hits Jeremy straight in the chest. And wow. And you know what I wish would have happened right now is a music cue. Shot to the heart! Nice. I thought you were going to say that you wished the music from the OC, the image oh my of god. the song, started playing. Mm, what you say? Yes. That would have also been perfect. Uh, either way, it would have been so good. But the Vampire Diaries yeah. let us down and they played no music. And I felt bad for having chanted Kill Jeremy in the previous scene because I felt like you probably thought I was spoiling it for you. Oh, but no. I totally forgot that this happened in this episode. <laughs> and there's the police sirens coming to arrest their own sheriff. Oh my for god. For child murder. <laughs> Also, like, what Sheriff Forbes has what, no training on how to use her gun? I guess. I don't know. Like, also, you know that vampires are fast. Right. Maybe make sure they're not standing in front of a human child before you shoot at them. Oh, my God. And it's like, was she using buckshot or something? Like, his chest wound was enormous. It was. It was, like, bleeding so profusely. And it was like a gaping hole in his chest. Yeah. And Sheriff Forbes, like, immediately calls it in. She's like... Hello, hello. We need an ambulance. Yeah, we need an ambulance. Someone shot at the Mystic Grill. I'm like, what? You can't even, like, use your police language? Ugh. Yeah. But luckily, Caroline and Alaric come busting in, and they're like, oh my god, holy shit. Or no, Bonnie's there, too. Yeah. And Caroline's like, I got this. And she bites her wrist and starts feeding it to Jeremy. And Sheriff Forbes is like, what are you doing? And Caroline's like, mom. I'm helping. Yeah. And she gives her this, like withering stare like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about right i'm just giving my blood to this child you murdered to make him more dead (laughs) like what do you think's happening i know but jeremy is in fact dead he doesn't like the vampire blood doesn't go down the gullet and he doesn't revive and bonnie is crying caroline is shocked and alaric just scoops up jeremy's puny body and starts carrying him away because bonnie's like i know what to do oh yeah alaric get him so they're gonna go do something 
Meanwhile, Elena's at the police station still. And she's like really mad that she's stuck there. And I guess she got locked in the office. But she like looks over and sees that there's shutters over a window. And you'll have to check out our Instagram for this magical moment, which is also very much reminiscent of the OC's famous scene where Marissa and Julie Cooper, whoa, everything's connected, uh, are by the pool. And Marissa's been really surly. And Julie's like, what's wrong? Or tell me what you're feeling. And Marissa's like, you really want to know? And she <laughs> takes a chair and throws it in the pool and screams for like a solid 90 seconds. Yes. But yes, Elena picks up a chair and throws it through the window. So good. That there has to have been an easier way to break out of that office. Like this is not Fort Knox. No, Sheriff Forbes probably has like all of her keys sitting right in her desk. And her passwords are like on a post-it note on her monitor. Yeah. And they're like law enforcement one. World's best sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> So now Elena's on the move, and she's going to, as usual, run straight into danger. But before we can see that, we see Klaus uh, giving his blood or putting his blood into a vial. And we've seen people bleed themselves in many ways. This one is one of the weirdest. So it, like, cuts just the shot of his hand, and he has a knife, like, pointed down in his palm. And he's, like, making a fist around it and slowly drags the knife up. And I'm like, we've seen people cutting their palms, and we always think it's idiotic. Yes. And he's just doing it in, like, the grossest and most grandiose way. And I'm like, I know that that'll heal really fast, but it's also probably not the fastest way to get blood. Like, maybe go for a vein. Palms, I'm looking at my palms now. There's some little ones in there, but the wrist is, you know, a standby for a reason. Ah, uh, so true. Don't kill yourself, kids. No, please do not. We have enough death. But yeah, so Klaus is pretty much collecting the blood because he wants to offer it to Stefan to give to Damon. If only Stefan will be his ripper wingman. Mm -hmm. So first he needs Stefan to like prove himself, right? He doesn't want some nerd along for the ride. Yeah. So he starts pulling out blood bags and he's like, here, Stefan, drink this one. I want you to drink the whole blood bag. So Stefan drinks the first one and you know, he can, you can tell that he's a little hesitant, but he drinks it real quick. And we think that that's like enough to prove Stefan to Klaus. And then Klaus is like, here, have another. And he like slides it down the table as though it's like a shot glass. Uh huh. So Stefan picks up that one and he like starts to get an evil face and then Klaus gets a clear boner. Yeah, there are boners aplenty in this whole situation. There are. And the fact that it all starts out with Klaus basically telling Stefan that all he wants in the world is for them to go on vacation together. What is your real motivation here, Klaus? I know. He just wants a friend. I think he just wants the D. Friend with benefits. <laughs> So Stefan's binge drinking against his will because Mm -hmm. he just wants to save his brother. And this whole time, Catherine is just sitting there watching them, saying nothing. And Elijah's corpse is still just lying there on the floor. At one point, Klaus just steps over his head. Yeah, he like like, doesn't even care. (laughs) Then we head over to the witch house where Alaric has arrived carrying Jeremy and Bonnie is there as well. Is Caroline there too? I think I it's remember. just Alaric and Bonnie. Yeah. Bonnie knows that there's a spell that she can use to heal Jeremy, but she says that the witches have to give her the power to be able to use it. 
Mm-hmm. So she starts cradling Jeremy's gross head in her lap and she says her spell and, you know, all the fire is going. And we have a new special effect that um, everyone has saved for this season finale. Oh, my God. Where a cameraman shakes the camera back and forth to simulate an earthquake. It's an earthquake. <laughs> it's There's really high There's blood tech. streaming down Bonnie's face from her nose, and in this whole scene, it's just smeared on her teeth, which was really gross. Yeah, it was really Wipe gross. Wipe your teeth, girl. It was realistic. So Bonnie's, like, trying to channel the powers of the witches, and she, like, alludes to the fact that the witches don't want to give her the power to do it, and they're kind of pushing back on her. And they're mad that she came back after they just kicked her out, like, three hours ago. Right, I know. It hasn't been long enough. Take a hint, Bonnie. And, (laughs) right. As she's saying the spell, she's like, Alaric, they say that there's going to be consequences if if I go forward with a spell. And Alaric is like, tell him to shut up. He's a kid. I was like, oh my God. Damn. Yeah. And then Bonnie yells, I love him. And then it all goes dark and she's like, no. Then suddenly Jeremy starts to breathe and his eyes open and we're like, fuck. Everyone can die in this fucking show except for Jeremy. And how could they tease us like that? Jeremy was dead of a gunshot wound to the chest, which meant that his ring wouldn't work because it wasn't a supernatural death. Mm -hmm. And yet they still find some bullshit way to bring him back into our lives. Right. He can't dangle that in front of me. Just let him rest in peace. So yeah, he is alive. And he's like, what is, what happened? Oh, yeah, that's what he says. What happened, of course. And then does Bonnie say that he got shot or did you say that? I think I said it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really. There's like some kind of transition into the next scene, but I don't remember what it was because suddenly we're in another flashback with Damon and Catherine. Yeah. So I think that um, Damon and Elena have like found each other in the movie Mm. field or whatever the fuck you would call it. Oh, right. Yeah. So um, then Damon starts having like a combo flashback between 1864 and today with some Gone with the Wind scenes. I don't know. Oh, right. So like in the background on the screen, it's like everything is on fire, which is a thing, I guess, from that movie. Uh huh. And that like cuts to Damon chasing Catherine through the woods, carrying a torch. And it's like, first of all, I see what you did there. He's carrying a torch for her. <laughs> but also he's running and like tripping over his feet. Like, don't run with fire. Ugh, I know. That's not safe. <laughs> And also, she's a vampire that could kill her. Uh, but not good ideas all around. The gist of the flashback is that Damon is asking Catherine to let him drink her blood so they can be together forever. And she straight up takes a hairpin out of her hair and, like, holds it up to her neck and is like, hey, if you want to, go for it. And Damon is hella confused because he's having this fever dream. So he's pursuing Elena in real life at the movie So he starts to kind of, like, get too close to her and creep on her. Mm -hmm. So he he has her in a compromising position. Then in the flashback, he starts to feed on her, and then he does it in real life, too. Yeah. First he says, I choose you, Catherine. And Elena's like, it's Elena. (laughs) Rude. Yeah. Oh, my God. But yeah, he starts drinking from Elena, and this was, like, a really disturbing moment. She's like, Damon, stop this. You're hurting me. It it hurts Damon, and he, like, snaps out of it and sees what he's been doing. And it's very much like when Rose killed those two people at whatever the fuck it was. Was it a carnival? No, that was Caroline. 
Oh, some oh, event. It was like a fucking the basketball town. game or some shit. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it was career night. Who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah, where I like realizing snapping out of a hallucination and seeing that you've hurt somebody and at least he didn't kill Elena, but he's like, fuck. Yeah, he definitely looks shook. To his credit, he was trying to avoid the potential for all of this by just offing himself while he still had his wits about him. Yeah, that's why this is fucking Stefan's fault again. Yeah. But he stops and Elena's like, listen, let's get you home, get you out of here. And I guess she drags him back to the Salvatore boarding house. So dramatic. Speaking of dramatic, (laughs) Caroline and Sheriff Forbes are having a moment over at the grill. So Caroline comes back. That's what it is. Mm. Um, She comes back and she's like... Oh, she gets a call. Oh, she gets a call, right. She gets a call and she's like, listen, mom, um, they were able to save Jeremy. And Sheriff Forbes was all like, I thought I killed him. And Caroline's like, you did. (laughs) And also like... Even if he had survived, you still shot him in the chest. Yeah, it's not like none of this matters. That's not just like an asterisk. Yeah. Oh my god. She's like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. And Caroline doesn't really explain that it was witchcraft, but she's basically like, you knew once that I was a vampire and you were fine with it eventually, but I had to compel you. And I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to hide. I don't want to lie to you. I'm still your little girl. Oh my god. And then they hug. And I guess Sheriff Forbes is like, well, I guess I'm not much better than a vampire. I just shot a boy in the chest. <laughs> yeah, that's her moment so I can of reconciliation. <laughs> then we have the second best scene. I don't know. Maybe this is the best scene. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's, there are a lot of great scenes in this episode. There are. This one really encapsulates, like, everything that's ridiculous about this show. It does. Okay, so Jeremy's sitting in bed, and he has his laptop out. He's relaxing, and he pulls up our favorite website, Bing. Please sponsor us. <laughs> and he literally bings back from the dead. <laughs> Oh my god. What do you think that's gonna pull? There's probably like a bunch of songs by shitty bands or something, Ugh, or a I zombie know. movie. It's like, at least go to Ask Jeeves and say, what happens when you come back from the dead? Uh, I know. So this really confused me because then Bonnie starts FaceTiming him, right, mm-hmm. as he's reviewing the results. And at first I thought that like Bonnie was a virtual assistant for like a website <laughs> about dying. Maybe it was Bloody Becky. Why? And they have, like, the most pointless Skype conversation of all time. That lasted, like, one second. He's like, how can I ever thank you? And she's all gross, like, oh, well, you can thank me tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. Oh, Oh my God. Please, Bonnie. So they're being all cute, but then, like, they just immediately hang up the call and Alaric comes knocking on the door because he's there for some reason. Yeah. And he's like, hey, Jeremy, think I'm going to head out. Need anything? And Jeremy's like, nope, I'm good. Thanks for everything. Yeah. And then Alaric gets a good one in here. Well, he's like, actually, on the other hand, I think I might crash. Yeah. If that's okay, because I don't have a home. (laughs) Oh, right. (sighs) And Jeremy's like, yeah, sure. Like, thanks again. And or he's like, I don't know how I'll thank you or something like that. Yeah. And Alaric throws Bonnie's words right back in Jeremy's face. He's like, well, you can thank me tomorrow. And then the day after that and the day after that. And they have an LOL moment. Like, I knew you were eavesdropping, which like 
Ew. Yeah. He was eavesdropping on his student, his teenage student's Skype session with his teenage girlfriend. Well, Jeremy has seen them have sex and, well, seen Aunt Jenna and <laughs> Oh Alaric my god, have I had forgot the monkey monkey after. And now Alaric is just like crashing at his student's house, so that's fun. There are right. a lot of good boundaries between Alaric and the world. Very professional. <laughs> yeah. So, also gross is Damon, who is now <laughs> in his bed and he's looking rough. Like, he's already a pasty guy, but. They, like, clearly put some white powder on him, and he's also sweating, and it's really nasty. He's sweating profusely. There's, like, streams of sweat going down his face. Yeah. And he, like, looks a little green. Yeah, dude does not look good. Yeah. But Elena is, like, in the bed with him, like, stroking his hair, and she has, like, a washcloth that she's dabbing on his forehead that's not making much of a difference. (laughs) I know. She's like, I'm not gonna leave you. And Damon's like, get out of here. I'm not safe. I have regrets. (laughs) And then, and then Elena's like, I'm not leaving here until the end. I'm like, you fool, get the fuck out of there. And she knows firsthand, like, what the end can look like. Remember when she got chased around the house by Rose? Yes. <laughs> because she looks like Catherine? Ugh. It's like, best case scenario, he thinks you're Catherine and tries to fuck you again. And even in his weakened state, who knows what he could do. But anyway, it's Elena, so of course that's what she's doing. And Damon starts talking about all his regrets from life. He's like, Stefan always blames himself, but it was my choice. Which is kind of like what that flashback was about. Mm-hmm. Where he asked Catherine to make him a vampire. And he says, tell Stefan I'm sorry. Damon's got regrets. Regretsy. Then it cuts to Stefan binging on the blood. Oh, right. Um, they're still over at a Lark's gross apartment. And wow. So the whole time that all this other shit has been going on, Stefan has just been pounding blood bags at Klaus's request. So we see him and he's just been drinking all of the blood. He has a frenzied look in his eye. He has blood all over his face, and Klaus finally kind of makes the proposition, listen, I'll lay it out clear for you. Leave town with me, and you can save your brother's life. So Stefan's kind of like, all right, or some shit, and Klaus takes the vial of his blood and throws it over to Catherine, and he's like, go ahead and bring it to Damon. And then Catherine's like, Stefan, do you want me to go? And he's like, yeah, or something. And then Klaus is like, you better go quick. And she zooms out, and it makes a... Noise. Yeah, it's like. Um, <laughs> yes. So Stefan kind of freaks out though for a second after that because he realizes that, you know, if Catherine has the vial, how do we even know that she'll take it to Damon? Yeah, so like Catherine's really pleased that Klaus's instructions involved leaving because that was something he had to undo from his previous compulsion mm-hmm. and he couldn't do any new compulsion, so she doesn't have to come back. And she also doesn't have to give the blood to Damon. And that's why Stefan's like, no, no, don't tell her that. So he's like, she'll never give it to him. This is all for nothing. But he is already crunk as fuck. Yeah. He looks like me uh, <laughs> at the bar this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. He looks like us all. <laughs> um, so, yeah. She zooms away to God knows where. And we go back to Damon's sweat bed. And he's just all like, I deserve to die. And Elena's like, no, you don't. And Damon's all like, I'm so sorry for the all of the things that I did to hurt you. Like, it wasn't cool. 
And Elena's just like, it's okay. I forgive you. I forgive you. And then she starts cuddling him. Yes. And he tells her he loves her, which I don't think he's ever actually said. Like, everybody knows, but he's never said it to her, except that one time when he then immediately compelled her to forget it. Right. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that, too. And then he's all like, you should have met me in 1864. You would have really liked me. And then Elena's like, I like you now just the way you are. Um, Siren emoji. (laughs) Siren emoji. Like, this is not okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. She doesn't like him just the way he is. She just feels bad for him because he's dying. I hope. And speaking of which, she's like, all right, he just told me he loves me. And he's literally going to croak any second now. May as well give him a sweaty kiss so he can have a boner as he passes. Is Elena that self-aware? Like, does, is she doing it because he's dying or what? I think so. Really? That was my interpretation. Uh, I wasn't sure if she was, like, starting to develop feelings for him. I don't know. Well, it, we don't really get to find out because <laughs> suddenly <laughs> Catherine's there. She has brought the blood, surprisingly. <laughs> and there's yes. a really funny moment where Elena like jumps out of the bed and like walks by and Catherine's like, I thought you were dead. <laughs> and she says, I was, which is kind of a callback to Sheriff Forbes saying, I thought I killed him. You did. Oh yeah. That was really good of them. That was hilarious. And yeah. then um, immediately <laughs> Elena's like, Catherine, where's Stefan? And she's like, are you sure you care? <laughs> oh my God. It was amazing. Sick burn, man. Catherine was on fire in this scene. She was. And she's like, well, Stefan just gave himself over to Klaus. In what respect? Mm -hmm. Uh, So she tells Elena, in exchange for the cure, uh, Stefan gave up everything, including you. But good thing Damon's here for you now. Wow, yeah. So she feeds the blood to Damon, who starts to perk up a little bit. And then Catherine starts leaving. She's like, oh, by the way, Elena, it's okay to love them both. I did. Which is like a really awkward moment for Damon and Elena. But also I thought it was really sweet because this whole time Catherine has been insisting that she only ever loved Stefan and that she was just playing with Damon. And her admitting that she also loved Damon makes things make more sense. It makes Catherine a more sympathetic character. And she also said it purposely in earshot of Damon. So I thought it was a really nice moment. She did. That went also being really bitchy. Yeah. Wow. I'm like really impressed. I didn't I didn't pick up on that, but that is a really good thing that she did. Yeah. I'm like, go, Catherine, go. You know how to make an exit. I love Catherine. Me I'll too. just say it. Like she's the worst, but I love her. Yeah. She's a villain you can root for. Totally. Speaking of villains, (laughs) we then check back in with Klaus and Stefan, and they're at some sort of fucking facility. Mm -hmm. Like like a a, warehouse or a storage facility. Klaus is packing up Elijah's body. But he put it in a very nice coffin. It was was nice. That was like at least $10,000. Oh, yeah. That was real mahogany. (laughs) It was. And Stefan's all like, listen, Klaus, what do you really want from me? And Klaus says, all will be explained in time. We haven't come up with that yet. And he says something about Elijah now being reunited with the family. And you see that there are other coffins in the warehouse. So the implication is that those are the other originals. Oh, wow. Why is it all in Mystic Falls? Or are they not in Mystic Falls anymore? I don't think they're in Mystic Falls anymore. Okay. They're in Washington, D.C. That's my prediction. (laughs) They're somewhere. 
Klaus is like, I'm not going to tell you, but we're going to get out of town. And also, hey, here's a girl that we're going to kill. When he gets a face boner, he gets gold eyes because it's his like werewolf thing. Oh, I didn't notice. They looked really fake in this scene, I noticed. It looked like he, they were contacts that were misaligned or something. <laughs> But he drinks a little bit from the lady and then is like, you got to prove that you're really the Ripper. I know you can be. I could have compelled her to not be scared or not try to fight, but a true predator likes the hunt or something like that. So he lets the girl run for two seconds and stuff and zooms and gets a face boner and kills her. Yes, and then the last scene is a close-up of Stefan's, like, frenzied face, like, all covered in blood after Mm -hmm. he feeds on this girl, and he's just evil now. I just wrote boners. I wrote, now Stefan evil. (laughs) (laughs) Now he at the party having an evil time. He is, oh my god. So, Stefan is now Ripper Stefan, and he's gonna go on a crazy road trip with Klaus, I guess. Yeah, for we'll 10 years. to find out what happens. Wow, I don't think there's any coming back from this. Like, that look in Stefan's face, I've never seen that before. It was not pleasant. No. But so is it, like, the more blood that you drink, like, the more you want it? Um, I think probably to an extent. But the mm-hmm. whole thing with Stefan is that, like, he can't control himself. Right. So when he's on the blood, he, like, has an unquenchable thirst. Mm-hmm. And he also super loves murdering. Which is weird to me because there's like an alcoholism metaphor in there, but it's also almost like he becomes a completely different person and they can try to explain it with like the humanity switch concept where if he turns off his feelings, then it makes it easier to be a Mm -hmm. bloodaholic. But I think about, again, Buffy, where the character Angel is very similar in a lot of ways to Stefan. Mm -hmm. He's like the good vampire. I think I told the story on a previous episode that he got a gypsy curse put on him to give him his soul back. Because he had been evil, and now he is tortured forever by the evil he has done. Oh, yeah. But he has sex with Buffy, and he was never supposed to be happy. So once he became happy, he lost his soul again. So there's, like, this switch between Angel and Angelus, the evil version of Angel. And there's, like, a clear reason. It's like, he has his soul, he doesn't have his soul. Mm -hmm. But with Stefan, it's like... If it's just a matter of, like, drinking a lot of blood, like, there's just evil inside of Stefan at all times. Is that what we're supposed to believe? I guess so. Like, we were made to think that, like, he's a good guy, but he's not. (laughs) Yeah, so it's going to be interesting seeing where that goes next season. But for now, we have our one last cliffhanger of the episode. And at first it's like, ugh, it's Jeremy. Why do we have to end the season on Jeremy? Oh, my God. I didn't even write this down. (laughs) I thought that was last. Oh, my God. So Jeremy is in bed, sleeping again, but he, like, hears a rustling and wakes up. And he's like, Alaric, was that you? Because Alaric is sleeping over, as most people's history teachers do. (laughs) And we kind of see figures whooshing in the background and, like, the back of a woman's head. But he turns and nobody's there. And suddenly, standing in a doorway, who do we see but... R.I.P. Vicky Donovan. It's Vicky! And she's wearing the outfit she died in with the vest. Yeah, I noticed that too. And she follows him down the stairs. And who does he encounter in the dining room? It's Anna. O-M-F-G. So Vicky like calls his name and he turns but can't see her. But he sees Anna immediately and is like, Anna? 
And then he turns and sees Vicky, and he's like, Vicky? And they're both, like, walking toward him, and that's the end. Wow. Those witches said there would be consequences. I hope that he's haunted by his ex-girlfriends for all of his days. (laughs) Is this, like, the movie Ghosts of Girlfriends Past? I'm not familiar, but it sounds great. I just know that it was a movie that had that name, (laughs) which seems relevant. Yes, totally. (laughs) And that's it for this season. Who would have thought this is where we would end up from where we started? Not me. I don't even remember where we started. The first episode of this season, what was it about? (laughs) (laughs) I thought I remembered, but I don't. I feel like it's something with the Founders Party or something and like Amy Bradley dying. Or was that like mid-season? I think that's later. Yeah. I think it's like Catherine's there. I don't know. Who fucking knows? I have totally (laughs) forgotten. But anyway, that was quite a season. It's my favorite season of the show. Although uh, your husband has been telling me that he likes season three better. Yeah, he's making a bold move on that. Or a bold statement. You're going to have to see if you agree with him. I I haven't seen it in a while. So I know that my favorite episode of the entire series is the season three finale. Oh, okay. So there is that. I'm surprised that a finale can beat this finale. Oh my god, you have no idea. Like, even just thinking about it, I'm starting to tear up. (laughs) You are, you're turning red, I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's just the beer. (laughs) So, thoughts on the season as a whole? I thought this season was really great. Um, I'm starting to learn the characters' names, which is always a huge benefit to the podcast. There's Dana and Stephanie. (laughs) Dana and Stephanie, two brothers, just trying to make it out there in the world. But yeah, this season was awesome. Like, I'm kind of happy how it ended up with Damon being good and Stefan being bad, if if we'll bring it down to like, (laughs) it's like most simplistic forms. Yeah. You know, they've been toying with this idea like a lot throughout the season and even through season one. Um... And they've been laying down, like, some not-so-subtle clues, I guess, now that we've been picking up on all along that, like, Stefan isn't always, like, the good guy that that Mm -hmm. we're portraying him and we want him to be. Doesn't mean I fucking, like, forgive Damon for any of this shit, but he does seem, like, emotionally appealing, I guess. Yeah. On his deathbed. (laughs) As most people probably do. He had regrets on his deathbed, which is you know, more than we might have expected from him previously. (laughs) Right, right. But I think that my favorite thing of the whole season is how we saw Caroline's character Mm -hmm. develop. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she is just such a gem. She's overcome so much, and she still manages to be, like, a shoulder to cry on and, like, a cheerleader for all of the people in her life who are going through a bunch of bullshit, despite the fact that she's going through the same amount of stuff herself, so... If not more. Yep. Yeah. She was the only one who got kidnapped and tortured by werewolves this season. (laughs) I know. I still can't get over that. Yeah, that was fucked up. So, what are your predictions for season three? What do you think's gonna happen with Stefan and Damon and... Oh my god. (laughs) I feel like it's so impossible because the show takes so many turns that it, like, doesn't follow any storylines that Mm. would make sense to the outsider's perspective. I guess if I had to make a prediction, I would say that Sheriff Forbes is going to get fired and (laughs) she's going to become like a yoga instructor and she'll be living her best life and that animal control will take over the sheriff department at Mystic Falls. I love it. Yeah, that's like definitely going to (laughs) happen. Damn it, how did you guess? I like really hope that Stefan does go with 
what's-his-face Klaus, Mm -hmm. and that they go to all of these different places. Because if there's one thing I will say about this show is that the sets are very consistent between episodes, right? It's like all of the same places over and over again. And it's interesting because they film on location in Georgia. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, like, I like whenever the characters, like, go somewhere um, because it kind of, like, spices it up a little bit. And Mm -hmm. even if they fucking put a green screen of some (laughs) European bullshit in the background, like, I will be happy. (laughs) Stock footage of the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) Yes. Or even, like, the fucking, I don't know, anywhere. Anywhere outside. The Space Needle. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. I mean, obviously there's something brewing with Elena and Damon, right? Mm -hmm. Or, like you say, you know, maybe she's just being nice to him on his deathbed. But I don't know. I feel like there could be a little spark there. I think it's interesting. The season one finale ended with Damon thinking that he was kissing Elena and it was actually Catherine. Oh. And then this season ended with him actually getting to kiss Elena. But it was like with caveats and asterisks up the wazoo and also Catherine was there. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't even remember the season one finale. (laughs) Uh, the best part of the season one finale, of course, being when who we think is Elena chops off Uncle John Gilbert's fingers. Oh, yes. Oh, it seems so long ago. We were so young back then. <laughs> I know. We didn't even know there was a Klaus. <laughs> wow. I can't imagine a life without Klaus in it. Um, and then my last prediction is that a whole bunch more people will die. We'll get new characters, too. That's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, for sure. The most shocking twist that could ever happen in the show is that nobody dies. Yeah, that would very much shock me. (laughs) All right, so let's go through our usual questions, and we have to do some of them for uh, both the episode and for the season as a whole. Wow, okay. So we'll start with the episode, Who You Want to Punch. All right, this one's going to be tough. (laughs) All right, I'm going for it. I'm going to punch Bonnie for bringing Jeremy back to life. (laughs) Yes. I was so happy. I was like, I never have to look at this guy's armpit again. I never have to see his fake smile. I never have to watch him bing or MiFi one more piece of internet. So, um, sorry, Bonnie. Also, why do you keep going back to the witches? You harnessed the power of 100 dead witches. They helped you accomplish your task, and you're just abusing them. It's not cool. Bonnie does not know where to draw the boundaries when it comes to her witch powers. Yeah. Like we saw with Luca. Lucan. Whatever. <laughs> Luca. Luca. Okay. Lucan cool. is not a name. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. So, brief segue into something else. You've just reminded me of another, like, eerily similar thing from Buffy. Oh. Which... I'm sorry, it's a huge spoiler for a later season, but... That's okay. Willow, the witch on Buffy, has this whole plot line where she's abusing her magic, and it causes a rift between her and her witch girlfriend, Tara. Mm-hmm. And then they finally reconcile, and then there's this crazy guy, Warren, who looks like grocer Ted Mosby. Oh. And he is really mad at Buffy because he has fragile masculinity, but... He's in her backyard and shoots at Buffy, and somehow a bullet goes through the upstairs window and goes through Willow's girlfriend's chest, and she dies. Wow. Right in front of Willow. And Willow tries to call on the magic power. She's like, by the power of Osiris, 
come back, blah, blah, blah. But then, like, this mystical, like, voice comes down and is like, you are abusing your power. She is dead. Blah, blah, blah. Wow. So it doesn't work out for Willow, but it's, like, the same exact situation where she's like, the person I love just got shot in the chest. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to use magic to bring her back. And it's not good that I'm doing this. But there's no, like, moment of that with Bonnie. It's like, oh, there will be consequences. But the idea that she can resurrect somebody from the dead, like, that's really fucked up. And, like, think of how many other people have died on this show. And, like, if Bonnie has this power, how can anybody else die without it being like, Bonnie, go to the witch house. Right. And she chose to probably do it once. And she... You wasted it on Jeremy. Great. So anyway, I agree with your controversial choice. Thank you. It was controversial. So who would you like to punch for this episode? (sighs) For the episode? Mm -hmm. I'm going to say Klaus. Okay. He's just being a dick. And like, obviously, Elijah was stupid to believe him. But to kill his brother, even if like, sort of temporarily... After he spared your life, like, come on, Klaus. And then he forces Stefan to relapse for his own, like, whims. And wants, basically, his whole deal is he just wants to murder a lot of people. Yeah. And there are many characters who have wanted to do that and done it, but not to this extent. So I'm mad at Klaus. He's being a dick, and I'd like to punch him. Can I have one more who you yes. want to punch? Sheriff Forms. Oh my god, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> that was the one yeah, that, who I almost right. picked. Uh, what a fool. Like, she doesn't know how to use her gun. She shoots Jeremy in the chest. Like, what happened? Did she, like, call the ambulance back and be like, JK, nobody was shot? Like, <laughs> she's like, we're just doing a sheriff drill. Very important business. <laughs> okay. And then, so for the whole season, who you want to punch the most? All right, I feel like I could have spent like three hours like debating this over in my head. I'm going to choose the one that comes to my mind most immediately. Mm-hmm. That would be Elijah. <gasps> I was going to say Klaus, but we would have killed Klaus if it wasn't for Elijah. Yeah. He's the one who dicked us over the most. And I know only 15 minutes ago I was defending him, but thinking it over... He's the one who let me down the most. He's the one who threw our characters into this total tailspin. And even though he is extremely good looking, he prevented everyone from like being happy. And he's, I I don't know. I'm just pissed. All right. So that's my that's decision surprising. and I'm sticking that's to fair. it. Who do you want to punch? This season, I'm going to say Jeremy. Oh, nice. Because like... He was the most consistently shitty character, I think, throughout this season. Like, everybody else had ups and downs, but Jeremy, just from the get, was horrible. Like, first he was being all jealous of Luca, even though he and Bonnie weren't even dating. Mm -hmm. Then he had the temerity, tenacity, whatever word I'm thinking of, the gall. (laughs) I speak the English, okay? I have a degree in it. Uh, the gall to even think that he could be in the same universe as a love interest for Bonnie and somehow duped her into falling for him. Right. And then used every opportunity to tell her that she wasn't strong enough to do things. He always wanted to be involved and was fucking up people's plans and getting himself kidnapped by Catherine in the tomb (laughs) and using all their ash. And (laughs) then he, again, finishes out the season like, if he hadn't thought that he was strong enough and good enough to go and, like, prevent Damon from killing Elena, 
he wouldn't have gotten himself shot in the chest by Sheriff Forbes. That is true. Bonnie could have given him a thousand aneurysms and it would have been fine. Wow. Good point. And he also just makes my skin crawl. I just hate him. I don't know if I've expressed that before. Oh, really? That's a hot take. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, that is my answer. Wow. I'm impressed. I think that was a really good choice. I'm regretting Elijah now. No, I mean, there are reasons for that too. Yeah. Um, so as always, it segues well into why are men so we can talk about it specific to this episode and as for the season as a whole. I feel like there have been some really consistent why are men themes throughout this whole thing of like people trying to make decisions for Elena, mm-hmm. Jeremy trying to be anything. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy trying to be anything. Um, yeah, Matt being consistently shitty to Caroline. Um, Tyler being shitty to Caroline. Right. Men being shitty to women in general. Yeah. Keeping things from women. Emotionally manipulating them to fit your needs. Um, Brainwashing them and attacking them like we saw with Andy Starr. Where did she go? Is she dead? No. Um, The last time we saw her, she was trying to comfort Damon after something or other happened. And he bit her and then compelled her to leave. And we haven't seen her since. Wow. That was really sad. I hope she got dressed. She was just wearing the, like, matching black oh, underwear. Oh, yeah. Oh, poor Andy. She deserved better. She really did. Yeah. For specific to this episode, most of the douchery was actually man-on-man or Sheriff Forbes on the earth. But there was also the stuff with Damon and Elena, which yes. is like, he is not in his right mind. He's hallucinating and it's exacerbated by her being identical to Catherine. But it's like really glossed over that he has her like pinned against a wall in public in the mm-hmm. middle of the town square. Nobody like notices or tries to do anything. And like she gets bit and like her space really invaded in a lustful way. And that's just like, oh, whatever, you know, it's what I should expect in this situation. And I'm going to go and cuddle with him in his bed as he's dying later. I know. Like, Elena, the saddest thing, too, is that Elena, like, was keeping quiet while it was happening. Like, you can tell that she Mm -hmm. was trying not to bring attention to it. Yeah. And, like, it was just so sad because she really needed help. Like, I understand that she felt the need to protect Damon and to keep people away from him, but she did it at her own sacrifice, right? Like, she didn't know that he was going to stop. Yeah. She was willing to, like, fucking die there so that she could protect Damon, even though he was the aggressor. And he was dying. Yeah. Yeah, he was dying (laughs) anyway, right? Good point. It's like, you literally just died, like, two days ago. Maybe stay home. (sighs) Wow. Yeah. I know. I also... I don't know. I keep going back and forth with this whole, like, Damon and Elena moment towards the end of the episode where he's Mm -hmm. about to die. Like, it almost feels like a little bit emotionally manipulative to, like, confess your love to someone on your deathbed. Yeah. You know, like, it's, like, I don't know. I guess, like, that's what you would want to do if you were dying, but... It's unfair to the person that you're leaving that with. But he's never really been that concerned with her emotions anyway. Yeah, that is, you know, not the greatest move. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, she already knew. Right. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Um, And 
It is emotionally manipulative to, like, also be asking for her forgiveness at this point. Although, the only time he actually asked for her forgiveness was before she knew. But he still kind of wants it at the end. Mm -hmm. And I think that what's interesting about how it ends up is, like, the emotions of the situation have led Elena to forgive him when she might not have earlier. Mm -hmm. And to say all these really nice things to him and feel all these positive, warm feelings for him. But now he's fine. And she's going to have to live with, like... The fact that she just kissed him and told him everything's okay and she forgives him. And it's like, if she if he had not been dying, she would have needed more time to like process her feelings about everything. She might not have ever forgiven him. But now they're just in this really awkward situation where they both thought he was going to die. And now they have to deal with the fact that he told her he loved her. Stefan is off with Klaus. <laughs> Like, whatever is going to happen next season, that's going to be a little bit of an awkward relationship. Oh, yeah. And you know that Stefan's going to, like, lord it over her. Like, oh, remember when you said that you loved me? Oh, remember <laughs> when you said that you liked me just the way I am? Yeah. Like, you know that he's not going to let that shit you go. You said Stefan. I did? <laughs> Fuck me. Oh, my God. Finish the season as you started it. <sighs> With no idea what's happening. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I'm really trying. I don't know why I cannot get them straight in my mind. I noticed... I think it was last episode I had one too that we didn't even comment on. Oh, really? I don't remember what it was, but no. I was working, I was editing the episode and I was like, ah. <laughs> it's, it's hard because the, the characters are similar and they're brothers and they don't look that much different. And their names are both two syllables that end with in. Yes. Forgive us, dear listeners. Yeah. Or sponsor us and we'll try harder. We'll bing how to do name memorizations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's exactly. Right? Sponsor us, Bing! So, yeah, that I think that pretty much sums up men for this episode and season. I mean, we've talked about why Every- men are pretty comprehensively. I agree. And two of our worst uh, offenders who are still alive, Matt and Tyler, were not in this episode. And Jeremy was just doing the huge. Yep. Being same old Jer. Yep. So, let's finish out on the high note of who should have done it. Okay, so obviously this is going to be my choice for the episode is Stefan and Klaus. Mm. You took mine. It is palpable. Like, you can see Klaus's boner. Mm-hmm. You can see Stefan start to get a boner once he starts drinking the blood. He just, like, wants to impress Klaus and, like, be his sidekick or whatever they call it, wingman. Um <laughs> I think there's something going on. They want to take a long vacation together and just fuck shit up. Yeah, and Klaus is weirdly fixated on Stefan. We don't know what's going on there. Yeah. And it's like, he just has a crush, and this is the only way he knows how to get his crush to like him, is to drug him with blood to oh get him drunk. Oh my god, right? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, they had the most sexual tension in the episode, for sure. Totally. Who do you think should have done it? Ugh, now I have to think of a new one. I know. You always let me go first, which is very <laughs> kind of you. Maybe we'll switch it up next season Ooh, and I'll go second. Making changes. So, yeah. Stefan and Klaus was the obvious answer. I already said Alaric and Damon, like, multiple times recently. Mm-hmm. But I did think it was very sweet how Alaric was grieving and drinking, but immediately dropped everything when he heard that Damon was in trouble. Right. Um, but I need to think of something better or different for a change. (laughs) Um, 
I can't think of anything. I know this. That was the only thing. That no, was no, I got this one. Okay. I wish that the very tense scene between Mayor Carol Lockwood and Sheriff Forbes would have ended in some angry sex. Wow, it could have. It's like the sling is coming off. <laughs> Oh my god, I love it. That was, scene was so good. Carol would have had a bone to pick. Yep. Alright, and then who should have done it the most for the season as a whole? Ugh, I feel like I'm getting sentimental. I can't decide because I have no idea what happened in this season. <laughs> but the thing that hit me the hardest in the whole season was the loss of Aunt Jenna. Mm-hmm. And it also made me sad, even though rightfully so, that her and Alaric weren't able to spend their last days together. So I'm going to pick Jenna and Alaric, even though he lied to her. And Jenna was a great lady and she was really happy in her relationship. Yeah, she was flawed, but she wasn't any worse than any of these <laughs> other motherfuckers. So I'm going to pick Jenna and Alaric, them having some chunky monkey, hanging out at the house, you know, Getting just having a good time. Jeremy. Yeah, getting watched by Jeremy. Um, I think that's who I'm going to go with. Jalaric forever. Jalaric, R.I.P. And uh, apparently we both just really want Alaric to get laid because my <laughs> season-wide one is what I wouldn't let myself say for this episode. Yep. Damon and Alaric, there's something there. There is. If Aunt Jenna's in the mix, even better because she kind of had the hots for Damon. Oh, yeah, remember so the why weird barbecue? <laughs> It's like, let Stefan have Elena. You can have her aunt. They're not blood relatives, but she's still cute. And, you know, as I said, polyamory is a thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that the regard that Damon and Alaric have goes beyond friendship. And you won't convince me otherwise. I agree with you. Good call. My OTP. (laughs) All right. Well, that is a wrap on season two. Uh, So we are going to have to take a brief hiatus because I am moving out of Chicago. Oh. Yeah, I've lived here for 10 years and needed a little change, but I'm not going far. So we're still going to keep going with the podcast, but I'm going to need some time to get settled into my new home. Right. And uh, we'll be back with season three as soon as we can. We're going to do our best to come to you weekly, but we'll be living in different states. Wow. So it might, you know, we might have to have some weeks in between episodes. So we hope that you'll bear with us and be patient. We are still committed to finishing out this show. We've got five, four, five seasons Five seasons left. But we're like, what? I don't know. We're a good percentage done. We're math done. Yep. We're math numbers. So, yes, never fear. We love you all, and we'd love to hear from you while we're, you know, on our little break. Mm-hmm. If you have any thoughts on different segments that you'd like us to do in Season 3, we toyed with the idea of who you want to high-five. Oh, I think that yeah. could be a good one. I like that. So, uh, if you would like me to write more limerick summaries of episodes like I did last week, I would be happy to do that. Uh, and, Yeah. You can mystic follow us on Twitter at the VD Diaries. 
You can find us on Facebook at The Vampire Diaries Diaries. You can find us on Instagram. We're at the underscore VD underscore diaries underscore podcast. Don't forget to check in for that great video of Elena throwing the chair through the glass. We might also have a great Bing screen cap for you. Oh, yeah. That would be excellent. And, of course, we would love it if you listen to the podcast and you would rate us and review us. Good, bad, we don't care. We love to hear from our fans and haters alike. It's true. We love attention. <laughs> right. We have an attention deficit, not disorder. Just <laughs> right. a deficit. Just, yeah, we're not getting enough. <laughs> Sorry, that joke didn't really land as we well as I help. hoped. So we need your help for sure. Tell me how bad that joke was and if it was maybe offensive. Um, anyway, thanks so much for joining us. I can't believe we've done two whole seasons and we've got so much to go. So many good things in our future. No spoilers for Beth, but oh my god. Yeah, it's hard to believe that what started as just kind of a drunken conversation when we were in our pajamas at a bar has two years later kind of bloomed into this great thing. And that One year later. One year later? Oh yeah, one two year seasons. later. Two seasons, one year. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, it's felt like two years. No, it wouldn't kidding. be the, this podcast if I wasn't correcting you. <laughs> very true and me just making egregious mistakes that of course can't be and i never make mistakes ever (laughs) but yeah like it feels nice to kind of wrap up season two with your move and everything um it seems kind of like a good bookend and a good opportunity for us to start anew with season three we're gonna be back and better than ever before you know it and you're gonna be sick of us by the time we're finished with this podcast I'll study up on the characters' names in the meantime. And with that, we say goodbye to Dana and Stephanie, and we'll see them next season. Bye. Mozzarella.